Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They spiked it on first down, wasted that. Right. Did I lose you both? Good Lord. All right. This is the press box. Did we just lose Tyler? Oh, okay. Yes, it does. It looks like we've lost Tyler and uh, Ed. Well, this is good. With Grainy and Bischoff. Oh, that's great, Jared. On ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, thank you, Jared. I'm an idiot. is still wandering around at Raiders camp this morning. He'll join us at 7.45 and 9 o'clock to give us an update on Nathan Peterman's five-yard outs. Before we get into some Golden Knights, though, there have been... It's it's 7 o'clock. I know it's 10 o'clock on the East Coast, but it's 7 o'clock. And two NBA things have broken where Chris Paul is in the health and safety protocol and his status is in doubt. Granted, the, uh, the Suns are already in the Western Conference Finals. They don't have a game for a little bit. And Kawhi Leonard is not going to play tonight. And he might not play the rest of this series, maybe not the rest of the playoffs. What the hell is happening in the NBA playoffs? Like, we're gonna, the Hawks are going to win the title because they're going to be the only team that doesn't get hurt the rest of the way. Or, you know, suck on their final possession. Or that. But, like, like seriously, like Kawhi and Chris Paul today, obviously we had Anthony Davis uh, in the first round. Uh, before the playoffs, we had Jamal Murray, what, Jalen Brown of the Celtics. Mike Conley's been out this whole time. James Harden and Kyrie Irving, maybe Joel Embiid. He kind of got hurt in the last game. Like it, it, this is the dumbest. This is like hockey. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like they shouldn't all be getting hurt. I just want to watch the good players play basketball and they all get hurt. This is why we need load management. It is. They're all, they're all right. Uh, every single one of them. We're going to look back and say, yeah, stop playing in the right. We're going to start yelling at them to stop playing in the regular season. Like, Adam Silver's yeah. like, you show up to the game and just go, LeBron, put those pants back right. on. Adam Silver is out here like trying to find teams if they rested guys for national TV games during the regular season. Next year, he's going to be like, no, get the hell on the bench. I'm going to fine you if you play LeBron more than Do once you understand I'm about to watch the Hawks? Right. In the, the Hawks and the Suns right. in the That's final. That's what we're going to get. And the Suns might not even have Chris Paul. Ridiculous. All right. At least they have Dovin Book. <laughs> The first bite. Is there anything the Canadians can do to worry the Golden Knights? It doesn't feel like it. Um, <laughs> like they, I love, I love how quickly this has turned into. Uh, they've they haven't played each other. They've never played each other. Two. Oh God! Right. The Canadian division must have sucked. So. I'm I'm still hesitant after last series to really go all in on the Golden Knights are going to roll through this series because that's what we thought Colorado was going to do to the Golden Knights after game one, even after game two, when the Golden Knights played much better and the Golden Knights won four straight to win that in six. So there are a couple of things based on game one that you look at and say, okay, the, the Canadians might have a shot. The first thing they're heavy is that they did an excellent job against Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Chandler Stevenson. We'll get to being heavy. That is one of them. And like the the Nick Suzuki line against the Max Pacioretty line, it was 85% Corsi, 95% expected goals for Montreal, right? Overall, Mark Stone, Pacioretty, and, and Chandler Stevenson, 
they were like as uninvolved in a game as maybe ever in since they've been with the Golden Knights. So if you're Montreal, there's some hope there that you can keep those guys from lighting you up because that is the most likely line to score for the Golden Knights. Now, their problem in game one is despite slowing them down, they allowed Nick Holden, Matias Janmark, and Alec Martinez to all score, which kind of erases any good that you did against the top line when you let those three guys score. But that's probably the biggest sign Montreal can go into game two and kind of hope and say, hey, we we did well matching up with their best line. If you do that again and you don't let Nick Holden score, you got a chance to win the game. It's probably going to need to be a low-scoring game. You're probably going to need to carry Price to make a few saves like he did not do in game one. But if he does, then, hey, you're good to go. Now, other than that, there isn't much. The only thing is Jared's favorite. They're heavy. Like, Montreal. No, it's, not, it's, it's not my favorite. It's... It's your favorite. It's it's you. You started out hating it, but now it's become your favorite. No, it's yeah. it's because I don't. I don't think we should. Like you know, we shouldn't treat a team like they're Travel Beck. <laughs> Montreal in game one out hit. Do they the have Golden tricky Knights. bodies? Uh, I don't know. It's they all have tricky bodies in hockey because they all wear so much equipment. They are all very bottom heavy. Yeah. Like Flurry and Leonard look about the same in goalie pads. They do not look the same at all when they're not in goalie pads. Maybe that's why they wear so much padding. Right. A lot of tricky bodies in hockey. But for the Canadians, they did out hit the Golden Knights in game one. And by the way, to give you a quick aside on how that's impressive, Golden Knights home games always have more hits than Golden Knights road games. And it's because the stat keeper at T-Mobile Arena gives Ryan Reeves a hit every time he looks at somebody. So every single Golden Knights home game has a ridiculous amount of hits. And then they go on the road and they're like, oh, Ryan Reeves only had two hits in the game. Whereas at home, he had 14 in nine minutes somehow. So for Montreal to out hit Vegas in T-Mobile Arena is actually kind of impressive. The problem is like hitting doesn't translate to winning. There's nothing about hitting that actually leads to winning. It's just part of the game where, yeah, we got to hit people. But it's like faceoff wins. There was one play that maybe you could take away, and yeah, that could lead to Montreal actually producing and actually winning this. And it was when Alex Petrangelo in the offensive zone got lit up. He tried to skate the puck in. It was like a one-on-one situation, and he got laid out. Montreal stole the puck, and they got a two-on-two going the other way. The problem with hitting in hockey for the most part, the reason it doesn't translate to like winning or scoring is because oftentimes guys get hit, and it doesn't lead to a turnover. Right, A guy gets hit, but the, the team that had the puck retains possession. He got hit over there. The right. puck's over here. If you're going to hit a guy and get the puck back, that actually hit helps. The, hit the guy with the puck. Yeah. And the Canadians did that in this play. They got a two-on-two going the other way. Now, Marc-Andre Fleury made a save. But if they can do that more, it's hard to do. But if they can do that more where you just light up a Petrangelo, take the puck from him, and get a two-on-two break, they're going to have a better chance to win the game. Now, again, that might happen twice over the course of an entire game. If they score on both of those, they got a chance, but that's sort of the only other thing you look at game one and say, yeah, they've got a chance because they're going to lay the golden Knights out a few times in the game. But the problem is, is that's like, you know, winning a bunch of faceoffs. It doesn't actually help you win, right? Blocking shots. Isn't really a great way to say, yes, we're going to win the game because we block a lot of shots. Like, eh, no, usually you're a bad team. If you block a lot of shots. So you got shot on a lot. Yeah. You look at the series, you look at game one, there's a couple of things. There's a few things that Montreal looks like. Yeah, they could do something in this series, but 
it's highly unlikely those things will lead to four wins in the next six games, right? That's the problem is Montreal. You can probably win a game because Carey price is great. You shut down the Mark stone line and some big hit on Petrangelo led to a goal. You could probably win a game two to one. You can't really win a series that way. No, no, no. It's going to be Martinez, Jan Mark. Those guys are going to come up big throughout this whole series. Those are going to be your main scorers. Probably not. I, I'm just saying, based on empirical evidence, based on my one-game sample size, yes. So, one of the things we haven't talked about, have you seen Steve Sisolak's bet? Oh, God, is he wearing a hat that has the Canadians on it? He is not wearing a hat that is split Golden Knights and Canadians. But, um, all right, I'm going to have to figure out here. The So, in Canada... I love that the rundown just says, some French right, guy. Right, because I needed to go look up Francois Legault... Legault, I don't know how to say his name, some French guy. But in Canada, I'm assuming this is the equivalent of a governor. He is the premier of Quebec. Okay, yeah, I think premier, if I recall correctly, is kind of like a governor. Sounds very French and condescending to me, just like French Canadians. So the premier of Quebec suggested that he and Steve Sisolak uh, have a bet based on this series and that the loser would have to take a photo in the other team's jersey. Oh. Steve Sisolak responded to him on Twitter saying, I'll take that bet, but I'd like to up the ante with an exclusive bottle of Frey Ranch single barrel and whatever bottle of choice for this premiere of of Quebec. So Steve Sisolak's out here making bets with with this French guy. And I got to say, I am just happy so far that Sisolak hasn't guaranteed any parades yet. I mean... Yet. I know. I guess if they win the series, he's going to guarantee the parade. But so far, he hasn't guaranteed them. I feel like governors or mayors or whoever have been getting away with free bets on their sports teams for a long time. You Like illegal gambling? Illegal is- gambling, <laughs> yes. That is what I'm except, accusing them of. Except it's like, I'll send you a barrel of peaches if you and you'll send me some of that great Vermont cheddar. Like, isn't it always like something stupid like that? Instead yeah. of actual, like it is, like it's this. What what is what is? We'll give you a third of our state budget. What is Quebec known for? French people. Oh, they have to send one to us. We already have. Like, uh, yeah, four I was on gonna the say Knights. they already did. Yeah, I don't. We don't need more. We don't <laughs> Look, need them just in the got, general we population. We got We yeah, we got our French contingent. I I have genuinely no idea. Maybe we'll. We'll ask Millard tomorrow, like, hey, what? you're our resident Canadian. What, 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 is, what is Quebec known for? Except that he's English-Canadian, so he probably is going to say something very condescending about people from Quebec. I can't read this because it's in it's French. It's in French. But his, the, the, the premier of Quebec actually tweeted out a graphic with his face and Sisolak's face on it. He's got a graphics team working on, hey, I'm going to challenge the governor of Nevada to a bet, put our faces on it. There's Canada is still shut down, man. There's nothing going on. I feel like he's the person that should have a lot going on. He's he's probably, he's like, oh, you know, since the shutdown, I learned Photoshop. (laughs) He should have a lot going on, right? Watching a lot of YouTube. (sighs) It's just, no, we shouldn't have this. We shouldn't have it. Um, yeah, so there you go. There's a bet between them for some alcohol, apparently. I don't know. Did he Freight Ranch is really good. Did uh, I, I was drinking that last night. I don't know if Francois Legault ever agreed, though. 
I mean, all I know is Sisolak tried to up the ante. Sisolak raised. I don't know if Legault folded or not. Look at that. But I am so proud of that poker reference. It's about the only one you can make. It is about the only one I can make. All right. I need to shut up. Coming up next, we're going to jump into the Raiders because Derek Carr would rather retire than play for anybody else. But first, we've got a chance for you to go to game two tonight. Right now, the winner will get a Golden Knights hat plus a two-foot sub from Porta Subs and be qualified to get two tickets to see game two between the Golden Knights and the Canadians tonight. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We're going to take caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. You'll get a Golden Knights hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you will be qualified to win tickets to game two tonight between the Golden Knights and Canadians. 702-364-1100. Smoke. John Brown. <laughs> I think we'll all get used to calling him Smoke. So, Smoke. Um, awesome person. Great great teammate. Reminds me a lot of Nelson. Um, uh, very fast. Uh, very smart. Works hard. Um, but he's a great person, just like Nelly. You know, I think that uh, they're very similar players. So, uh, he's sad to lose Nelly. Love him. Wish him the best. Uh, love the guy uh, so much. But happy to get smoke here. Love that guy. Uh, great relationship with him already. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Congratulations to Jay. He is qualified to win a couple of tickets to the Golden Knights game tonight. Plus, got the two-foot sub report of subs and a Golden Knights hat. Is Smoke a good nickname for John Brown? Yes, only because I know where it came from, which is Bruce Arians. And oh, Bruce Arians gave him that nickname? Yes, and it was because his original nickname was Dumb Sack of Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> and what Bruce Arians decided he wasn't a dumb sack of bleep anymore. Once he learned the uh, <laughs> once he learned the playbook, apparently he became he literally. I, I can't. I might be able to find the sound where he's like, "That's how Smoke got his name Smoke." We used to call him Dumb Sack of. Uh, we're gonna have to ask Ed Graney how fast John Brown is, because I do feel like it's disingenuous to have one wide receiver named Smoke and he not be the fastest wide receiver on the team. I mean. If he is faster than Henry Ruggs, why did you draft That's Henry Ruggs? That is a good point. Um, now, Derek Carr talked quite a bit yesterday uh, at camp for the Raiders, and he was asked about, you know, in light of this offseason where we've had multiple quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Sean Watson, Russell Wilson, we've had reports or even them themselves have said it where they're unhappy to some extent. They want to be traded or they're interested in being traded. Derek Carr was asked about that, and basically, hey, You've been with the Raiders for seven years. The team has not been any good. Why haven't you requested a trade? He talked for about three minutes. Here is part of Derek Carr's answer to that. My goal, Josh, was when I got here to, you know, give everything I have to this organization. Um, let our fans know I'm, I'm giving it all that I have. And I will always continue to do that on, on season, off season. And, uh, and whether the situation is great or not, I, that's okay. People can say whatever they want. I know what I've put on film. I know the things that I've been able to accomplish, and I still want more. There's still more, and I want to do it here. I don't want to do it anywhere else. I've said it over and over again. I, 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 I'd, I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. You know, I, I am a Raider. 
for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life, and uh, it's the Raiders. So um, I, I just feel that so strong in my heart. You know, I don't need a perfect situation. You know, I believe that. I don't need, I don't need a perfect situation to make things right. I think I'm getting old because one of my first thoughts when I heard that was, yeah, you should want to play for the same team forever. Because when I grew up, my favorite basketball player was Reggie Miller. Played for the same team his entire career. My favorite baseball player was Craig Biggio. And then about after 40 seconds of that, I thought, I'm old. Like, I've, I'm, I'm hitting the point where I start, like, reminiscing about, oh, when I was growing up, this is how it was. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand why you might feel that way. But I, I mean, for some reason, like, it's I just I want all players to be better. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you're gonna ever get any better. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe try somewhere else. Maybe that'll, like, maybe it's a better situation. By the way, I found it. I, I, I miss, I messed up the story a little bit, but again, this was off the top of my head. But Bruce Arians, he said, Smoke thought his middle name was Expletive all last year. Now he's Smoke because he got his Expletive right. I'm more confused than when we started this. He thought his middle name what was expletive. Who thought his middle name was John Brown? John Brown must have thought, thought his, his own middle name because that's all Bruce Arians would call him. Oh, was expletive. Okay, well, not as good, but no, but yeah. Still, he got the nickname Smoke because literally Bruce Arians is kind of a crazy old man. He's finally accepting of him, so. On Derek Carr, what is interesting is the idea that he would retire rather than play for somebody else. Like, just imagine right now the Raiders say, yep, we've acquired Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. Derek Carr, you're going to Green Bay. Like, imagine Derek Carr saying, no, thanks. I don't want to go play for Green Bay. Like, he'd be thrown into a team. He might actually have a chance to make the playoffs for once. So it's hard to imagine him actually doing that. Uh, so it's most likely a lie. But what's most interesting is the actual framing of the question because Derek Carr has been the starter for seven seasons. And in games that Derek Carr has started, the Raiders are 43 and 67. They've won 39% of Derek Carr's games. Some of that is because Derek Carr is not like a true star quarterback, right? Like he has only had a couple seasons where you'd really consider him top 10 in the league. Last year was one of those. But for the most part, Derek Carr has been an average to slightly above average NFL quarterback, right? It is somewhat amazing. Carr has been the quarterback of one team this long, despite all the losing. But more importantly, Derek Carr's defenses have been terrible, right? He's had some good offensive talent around him in his career, but the defenses have been dreadful every year. And there is a level that Derek Carr should demand a trade, right? Like, because imagine... He just had one of his two best seasons this past season, probably his best ever. Imagine if at the start of the offseason, he demanded a trade. Obviously, if he did it now, it's kind of hard because most teams are kind of set except like the Broncos. But if he had done it at the beginning of the offseason, there would have been a lot of teams that would have been interested in Derek Carr, in trading for Derek Carr. And because his, Carr could be this Super Bowl winner of a team that has really good defense, right? The Patriots, if they'll opt in. Yeah, if, if, if the Patriots defense all comes back, that's a scenario where, yeah, Derek Carr probably gets to like the AFC title game with that team. So there's like a level of where Derek Carr probably should want to be traded, should want to play for another team because he could actually win somewhere that puts out not the worst defense in football 
every single season that he's the quarterback. But, like I said, I'll give him some credit because, yeah, my favorite players growing up played for the same damn team their entire career. God, you're old. I know. I don't like it. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I'm disappointed in you, so I'm just sort of going to be quiet for a little bit yeah, and just, like, reflect on the fact that... It is disappointing. Somehow I'm both older and younger than you. All right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. This is a little bit funny. So Derek Carr goes on, like, this two-and-a-half, three-minute rant about how he's loyal, wants to play for the same team forever. He can't imagine himself. He'd retire before he played for somebody else. His team literally just moved cities a year ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the TV plays for change cities a year ago. Nah, he's a Raider, man. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Like the loyal, the TV's on isn't even loyal. Like they just they just left an entire city behind. But this is the one team he wants to play for. I found that to be humorous because, you know, once you take a team out of a city, I guess it's still the t- same team. But like, come on, you can't be talking about loyalty anymore after that. Right. I mean, you're loyal as long as the checks keep right. clearing. Basically, the Raiders were a free agent. Las yeah. Vegas gave him $750 million, which was $750 million more than Oakland was going to give him. So when Derek Carr, if he becomes a free agent, once he got two years left on his deal, he becomes a free agent. If the Raiders offer him $20 million and somebody else offers him $35 million, how much does he love the Raiders? Probably not that much. Fifteen million? Yeah, no. Yeah, I wouldn't either, and I wouldn't blame him for it. That's why I do think it's a little bit funny, even though my initial reaction was, <sighs> "Who I'm is offering? How old will he be in two years?" Like, well, listen, in in two years, any quarterback that's ever completed a pass is going to make twenty million dollars. We got to fix the cap, man. It's ridiculous what's happening with quarterbacks. So Derek Carr, what, what he'll be? What is he now? Thirty-one? Is that right? I have no idea. Whatever. He's going to be early 30s when he's a free agent, although he might get signed to an extension or traded before then, whatever. But if his contract played out, he'd have two years left on it right now. If he became a free agent, assuming he doesn't suck the next two years, assuming he does what he did the last couple of seasons under Gruden, he's going to get a big contract offer. Somebody's going to say, yep, that's the guy. Here's $42 million. And that'll be like the seventh highest paid quarterback in football at that time. I mean, you you want to be with Gruden when you're what thirty four? Is that when Rich Gannon got good? <laughs> so when he actually when he comes out of this contract is when he should sign with John Gruden. Yes, okay. like all this, all this has been leading up to when he's thirty seven. He'll finally will be like, okay. oh, he's a top, he's no, a no. top quarterback. So Derek Carr leaves, goes to another team on a three year deal. The Raiders try to like draft somebody. They draft a guy who's just a complete bum. They re-sign Derek Carr after that guy's a bum and his three-year contract is up with the who-knows-what team, the Texans or something like that. And they bring – he might not go there because of his brother. But they bring him back, and he's 37, and they're like, yep, now he's an MVP. We finally figured out the right formula. Get the 37-year-old with John Gruden. We're going to the Super Bowl, guys. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. All right, coming up next, Mike Gravala joins the show. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Mike Gramala. Mike, we, we do have an important question for you. So you have a very strange opinion on buzzer beaters in basketball. Do you think... 
You I think, don't know if it's that strange. You think it's strange. You think that if a shot goes in and there's like half a second left on the clock, that it should be a buzzer beater because if he had missed it, the buzzer would have gone off. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's stupid. So we need your opinion on something else. So in hockey, even if the score finishes like six to one, whoever scored the second goal gets credited with a game winning goal. Should that be considered a game winning goal? Technically, yes, I guess because someone has to score the goal that gives you the win. But in a situation like that, I mean, who really who really cares? Like, that's not, you know, the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth goals would also have been, you know, game winners. So I, I, I don't know. Why don't we do that in basketball? Like, if you beat a team 100 to 89, whoever scored the 90th point gets the game-winning bucket. That's a good question. Uh, I think there's just... Too much score. Like, who's going to go back and check to see who scored that point? I will. Uh, if you're volunteering to do that, to keep track of that for UNLV this season, I'll be interested and I'll use that data. You'll use that data. Who has the most game-winning shots? Yeah, that's important. Well, they got to win some games. We might have, you know, game-winning shots for the opponents more than the team for UNLV itself. Um, all right. We also have another important question for you. Why did you not eat a croissant? Oh, um, uh, I have to be in a, a certain mood to, <laughs> to, to try something, you know, to venture out. Um, it's not just something that it's just going to happen spur of the moment. It's got to cut it's kind of got to plan around it and know ahead of time that it's going to happen. And it, it just wasn't really right. You know, the, the timing wasn't right. Um, I was, I was somewhere that had croissants out you know, for the taking and it kind of intrigued me, but I just, I feel I didn't have the, the lead in time or the prep time that I needed to um, make myself okay with it beforehand. You know, I'm not just going to pick something off a plate and try it. It's a croissant though. Like I understand, I think I understand where you come from on most of your food decisions and why you wouldn't or wouldn't try something, but this is bread and you like you eat bread. So I don't understand why a croissant was such a daunting food for you to try. Well, it's, it's, it's true. And usually, like, pastries I'm good with. I'll usually try that. And I know that it's a pastry. Um, it was just something. I know that some of them have, like, fruit and other stuff inside them, right? <laughs> Not really. And while these particular ones didn't, they were plain. There was just something about it. I, I, like, it, it's not going to make sense. Like, don't. Don't expect my answer to make sense or my reasoning to make sense here, but it was just something I would have liked more time to get ready for it. That's why I kind of why I put it out on Twitter at the time. I was like, should I have this croissant? I was hoping that you know maybe someone would give me a good reason or I would I would get used to the idea of trying it and then I would go for it. But um, it just didn't. Happen. It, it will happen at some point in the future. I think I will try a croissant though. Um, so. You also tweeted that nobody on Twitter swayed you and you had a Coke instead. Can you explain how a liquid, a drink, replaces a croissant of food? Well, uh, I think, as you know, Coke is a, um, a breakfast staple for me. That's you know, usually the first thing I do in the morning is I, I crack open a Coke. So, um, yeah, that's – and it's – you know, croissant is not like the most filling breakfast anyway, so it's like a croissant or a Coke. That seems natural to me. I know some people drink <laughs> coffee, and that's like their breakfast meal. 
so it's like a, a, a Coke sort of is, serves the same purpose for me. Does that make sense? Not really. No, not at all. Like, not even a little bit. Like, you should have had the Coke and the croissant. Like, there was nothing stopping you from having both. You weren't choosing between, like, oh, should I have a croissant or, like, a pancake? Like, you should have had the croissant and the Coke. Well, if someone said to you, oh, I was going to have a croissant, but instead I just decided to have a coffee, that wouldn't be so weird. So it's no, I would ask them the, the same, same question. I would ask them the same question as if one's a food and one's I've never decided, oh, I'm just gonna have a Coke instead of a snack. Tyler. I don't JJ, back me up on this. That's yeah. I don't no, think... no, no. It's it's sort of like how uh like sometimes I want a sandwich, but instead I just drink water. <laughs> yeah, I'm not backing you up, Mike. Well like... that's how that's how it works for me. Okay. <laughs> what okay. Uh please humor us. What did you eat for lunch and dinner yesterday? Uh, oh, yesterday I, oh man, it's, I had the same thing twice. Um, oh, we love this. This is our favorite. So it's something <laughs> new that I've been doing and it's going to, uh, <laughs> it's never a good sign when he's embarrassed of it. It's very childlike. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, Come but, on. um, so I, I go to the grocery store and I get like a roll, you know, and then I get, um, a couple chicken fingers. And I put them in the roll, and I eat it as a sandwich. I like this. I like this. So, what oh, what God. kind of roll? Just like a, a bread roll. I don't know what it's called. It it's might be a like croissant, a... and he may not know it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It could be. No, it's just like a round, you know, roll, like a bulky roll, and you Is... cut it in half, and then I put like the chicken fingers inside, and then I I eat that. So and that's what I had. And I got four chicken fingers, and I got two rolls, and I had one for lunch. And then had the, the other one for dinner. I mean, it's it's nice to know that Mike Romala came up with the Cane's chicken sandwich because that's exactly what they did. Is there a reason you buy a roll instead of a bun? Like, it's perfectly fine to put chicken fingers and make it a sandwich, but is there a reason it's a roll and not just an actual bun? Uh, I guess I just wanted to live a little, you know? <laughs> like, I hate you so much. Right? Aren't, aren't, you always, aren't, you, aren't you guys encouragement to expand my... Horizon, like a roll seems a little run of the mill for something like this. And I'm not saying I invented a chicken sandwich, but um, yeah, that is something that I've I've been doing lately. And yesterday I doubled down on it. I assume that this this roll chicken finger sandwich bone dry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what would you even put on that? It's not like you mayo, like pickles, uh, honey mustard. Really, anything? Honey mustard's good. Yeah. No, that's now you're you're now you're you're creating a lot of work for yourself with putting all that on, and it's, it's how it's, much is it really going to improve your your dining experience? Quite a bit. Not, it's an not effort. Much, I would it's say. an effort argument. Okay, so you do enjoy canes. Um, have you ever cut open the uh, piece of toast they give you and put one of the chicken fingers inside it to eat it like a hot dog? What a very specific question. I've seen um, it. No, I, I, I've I, seen I, it, and you just described that you had lunch and dinner in the same vein. So I'm assuming you have. No, I've never done that because I like all the individual parts of the canes <laughs> as they are, except for the, the sauce. I don't need the sauce. I, but I enjoy the chicken on its own. I like the toast on its own. Um, I don't see any reason to combine those elements. So, no, I, I haven't done that yet. Uh, but maybe, maybe in the future always possible i have another important question for you you were on vacation recently 
um, and you tweeted out a picture of a steak, a piece of toast, and a potato that I'm assuming you made. Did you cook just for yourself while on this vacation? Uh, no, and that was that was me. I was uh, with my family, and I, that was my you know said, "Hey, let me fire up the grill. I'll make dinner." I didn't make the potatoes. Um, my mother handled that because um, you know I was outside with the grill and everything. But yeah, the, the steak that was that was all me. Did, you? Didn't did, didn't you tell it had my signature style? Right, right, right. But you made steak for your entire family, is what you're telling me. I mean, it's not it's not difficult. You just throw instead of throwing one on the grill, I just put you know four on the grill. Right, but I think for the people that follow you on Twitter that like to react to your pictures of your steak, they would not let you cook them a steak. This is more about you cooking for your family and your family eating the food that you ate or that you made. But, but that's all lighthearted, I assume. That's people just you know giving no. me the business on Twitter. Food, I just, food Twitter I, is not lighthearted, Mike. No, I, these 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 people are monsters. You come in with your with your bad food pictures and people rip you. And listen, I enjoy it thoroughly, and I'm pretty sure you enjoy it, even if you think it's lighthearted. I don't think it is. I think most of these people are serious that they want to end you because of your cooking skills. No, I think a steak is pretty much a steak, and if I slap down a nice grilled steak on on the, their plates, I think these Twitter folk would enjoy it. I think they would welcome it and say, oh, thank you. I know I give you a hard time on Twitter, but this tastes really good, and uh, thank you. I think that's how it would go. I think it's, it is pretty much lighthearted. I don't think people really have an issue with what I'm cooking, but it's fun to sort of you know, get on my case on Twitter. That's what I think is going on. All right. I'm going to ask you one UNLV basketball question. You tweeted a video of Victor Ewalker next year or, or last, what he did last season. Is he going to play significant minutes this year? Is he going to be the defensive stopper on the inside UNLV needs? Yeah. I'm not super familiar with the other big man that they brought in yet. Royce Ham, um, David Muaka, but I know that Ewalker can move around. I know that the coaching staff is high on him. Uh, I know they think he's got really good potential on the, on the defensive end. Uh, I think if he takes to the coaching well, and I think what he has can translate to the Mountain West because he's big, he's fast, he can do things defensively that Mbake Jean couldn't do last year in terms of covering the floor. Uh, I think you're going to see him quite a bit. All right. That's all we needed. That was our one standard UNLV basketball question for you. In reality, we just needed more food opinions. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. Mike Kamala. Dude, sometimes he like uh, he he he's a good guy, but that sometimes, man. Mike Kamala puts a piece of steak down I, on a plate. I, I have to assume that not a bit of seasoning was oh, on no that chance. steak. Are you eating it though? No. Really? You would turn it down? It would be unseasoned. It would literally be yeah, rubber. But, like, I'd take it and be like, all right, I'll put some A1 on it, even if it's bad. Ketchup? Put yeah. some ketchup on it? I don't it. like ketchup. But, like, A1? Yeah, I'll, I'll eat, like, any steak just about with A1. I guess, like you said, it's rubber or something like that. Well, if okay, you can't so, chew it. But, like, the one he tweeted out, it looks chewable. Like, it, it's an <laughs> eatable is, steak. You're, you're, I love that your standards for Micromala is... <laughs> All right, it's edible. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. Honestly, like it's not like any award-winning steak, but you're gonna be able to eat that steak. Okay, so so put some A1 on it. I'll eat. I'll eat it. Mike makes me a steak. I'll, I might be like, yeah, give me some. A1, I'm a but... absolute steak snob, so this is not. But you know, you don't turn down free food. 
Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, that's what I'm getting at here. Like, it's free food is what we're talking about. Okay, that's fair. Like, you might complain about it the entire time. Oh, I time. would bitch the entire time. But, but you're eating it, every it, bite it, of it. Yeah, it'd be gone. Yeah. Well, you'll tell us why it's terrible while your mouth is full with it. Yeah. Okay. All right, coming up next, Ed Grady joins us from Raiders Practice. Live from the place of all the land, Henderson, Las Vegas Journal Review columnist Ed Grady is about to give us his eye test. Who is big? Who is fast? Which media member asked for a selfie? Find out now. How's the stretching, Ed? Well, first of all, that's a great intro, but you don't have Ed Graney. Oh, it's Adam Hill. It is. What did uh, you do to Ed? Well, Ed, is it's not what I did. Uh, it's what the show has done. Uh, this is to let you know that Ed is officially holding out uh, from the show. Uh, he is not happy that you are turning Ben Goats against him. And uh, <laughs> this is his formal protest. Man, Wait, did you listen to us talk to Ben yesterday, Adam? Uh, I didn't. I was out here uh, against my will because it's very early in the morning and I don't like to be awake. But I was out here. I did not get to hear it. But uh, from what Ed tells me, Ed is a uh, you know Ben's a very nice young Midwestern boy, and uh, you don't need to corrupt him and turn him against it. Yeah. So we we were asking Ben if Ed is like the dad of the Review Journal Sports <laughs> Department, and Ben agreed. And then Ben started listing off like all these nice things about Ed and how like he was a father figure because they have some young people in the sports department and all this. And then I was like, no, no, no. He's a bad driver, but he insists on driving. We've got a great story about him trying to take a nap and not being able to take a nap. Like he's he's the all the dad stereotypes. Yeah, Ben didn't really turn, but I can see why Ed would be upset. Uh, first of all, Ben is just nice, and he's not going to say anything mean. Ed is a complete degenerate. He's if he was the father of the sports staff, it'd be like the you know absent drunk father. We didn't say he was a good father. That's fair. That's good. <laughs> yeah, like this is he's he's Al Bundy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'll go with that. That's fine. I'll uh, accept that. Okay. Well, we do have an important question that you're going to have to fill in for Ed because Ed's okay. um, takeaways are always Marcus Mariota is big or Henry Ruggs is fast. Uh, we learned yesterday that John Brown's nickname is Smoke. Is he fast enough to be nicknamed Smoke? Uh, well, first of all, I, I did think I did think that was interesting that a lot of people were uh, were just getting in on the smoke uh, nickname yesterday. That has definitely been his nickname throughout his career. He is a very fast guy. Now, listen, he's getting he's getting up there. He's a little bit older, so uh, maybe it's more like a, a fog. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I don't know what happens when smoke disintegrates. No, he's still incredibly fast. He certainly uh, that stands out out on the practice field, uh, but also. Guys, Marcus Mariota, big dude, just made a great throw. Oh, boy. Well, listen, has he overthrown a five-yard out? Yesterday, Ed gave us a live play-by-play of Nathan Peterman missing a five-yard out. Uh, Well, that happens occasionally. Uh, Also, Henry (laughs) Russell dropped a punt yesterday. That was uh, Yes, we did learn that that as well. That was a big moment uh, during the day. Uh, Listen, not much happens. Here's the thing. I think, you know, we are still in that time here in the city of, like, Every little thing that happens, we're kind of excited about on the practice field. We haven't really been around, uh, you know, actually any kind of like OTAs here in Las Vegas yet. So uh, it's always cool, but nothing's really happening. I mean, I'm over here by the offensive linemen right now. They're kind of just, you know, half hitting the pads because they don't really, uh, you know, they don't have pads on or anything. So it's not like you can go full contact. They're just kind of walking through the drills and 
uh, you get a good look at it, but you are not going to learn anything from out on the field. I'm blaming you and the Review Journal specifically for everyone being excited about every little thing because how many people did you send to cover this camp at 7 in the morning? Uh, less today than yesterday. <laughs> so instead of 13, just 9 today? Should I count on the field right now? Okay, there's, there's me, there's Ed, there's Vinny that I see right here. Uh, he's very popular on your show, uh, Cassie Soto, who, by the way, uh, she is unbearable at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have not even gotten to her dog being on Sports Center yet, but I can imagine. First of all, here's the thing: nobody, everybody here has gotten to it because we've all seen the video a hundred times at this point this morning. <laughs> uh, she is so proud of it, but to, everybody needs to realize she does have another dog. Yeah, she never yeah. gets to see the light of day. Yeah, yeah. She leaves it behind when they go on trips and stuff like that. Leaves it behind to go hiking and locks it up with her sister or something like that. Yeah, yeah we know. I, yeah. I don't think she feeds that thing. Yeah, well, well. And yet this, this other one is now an international superstar. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame her now. Archie's going to be yeah. famous. Well, Archie's the breadwinner in the family, officially. <laughs> this <one. laughs> For sure. Wait, uh, Cassie was supposed to bring donuts yesterday. Did she bring donuts today? She did. Um, I kind of started this tradition last year, I guess. Uh, and it didn't work out. Like nobody ate the donuts that I brought. I don't think anybody trusted me. I think that they're like, what kind of a trick is this? But then Cassie brings donuts, donuts today and, uh, it's a big hit. Everybody's loving it. They're, they're snacking on the donuts. Everybody's happy in a good mood. I was like, oh, I tried this last year. It didn't work. Oh boy. Poor Nathan Peterman was just trying to throw over the middle to Josh Jacobs and then Josh Jacobs fell down. So... Uh, even when he even when he has something working, it's not. Oh boy, he just overthrew a little over the middle pass to Jalen Richard. <sighs> it's not going well right now. No, no, superstar, million dollars oh, guaranteed. Right on, he right on Ingold though. So you know he got he got one out of three. So, <laughs> Nathan Peterman, Alec Ingold combination is what the Raiders need when they get in the red zone and can't score. That's what they need. All right, Adam, uh, get out of here. Tell Ed uh, he's a complicated fella, but we uh, look forward to having him on the press box when the season starts. Oh, do that. Don't worry. He would not have given you any more. He's, he's got nothing right now. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> he's got nothing right now. I mean, he did literally just tweet out a picture of best stretching in the league. <laughs> I do think Adam's right, though, that, like, it's camp in June. We are, like, spending way too much time on things the Raiders are doing at camp. Although I do enjoy the Nathan Peterman play-by-play. We, this 745 time slot is perfect for live reports from Raiders camp because that's when Nathan Peterman's always throwing. It's just, I, I mean, it is too bad that we had Adam on and we didn't get any sort of punter updates. Oh, we did fail. Because, that, I mean, that's his, that's his beat. Is there any chance there's a punter battle this year? Or even long snap? I don't even think, did they even bring another punter in? They might not even brought one in. They loved him too much last year. I don't even think we have a long snapper battle. Or kicker or punter. Maybe holder. The only thing we got is Henry Ruggs dropping punts. That's as fun as special teams gets now.